Hey boo, it's me, Roz Drasfalas, back with another listener episode extravaganza. We just have the best listeners of this show, and I love you guys so much. I actually just had a full-length interview with a listener of this show. I couldn't believe it. I found out that the prolific singer-songwriter Nico Case listens to this show. Now, I did not know Nico, but she tweeted about it, and I reached out, and I was like, you want to be on this show? And she was like, uh, yeah. And so we finally worked that all out, and we recorded an episode, and that'll be up next week. So... Today, we have got three listeners that called in with all kinds of spooky stories. And as always, if you want to be on a listener episode, I would love to have you. Just email me, ghostedbyroz at gmail.com and put in the subject line, listener episode. All right, on with the show. (gasps) There's a ghost in my house. Hello, Lily. Hello. Where are you? I am in Madison, Wisconsin. Ooh, the Midwest. I know. Am I the first Wisconsin person on here? I don't know. Come to think of it. You know, my parents live in Holland, Michigan. So right by, you were from Grand Rapids, right? Yes, that's true. I've spent some time in Holland. I've been on a sea-do in Holland before. (laughs) I love it. So, okay, I was reading this email you sent me. You lived in, like, I'm guessing it sounds like it was the house that all the kids in the neighborhood were like, that place is spooky, right? Yeah. So, our house was literally like the urban legend of the town. <laughs> so, our house was built in like the 1800s by the first ever mayor of our town. And across the street, there's like this really creepy, like matching water tower. It doesn't look like a water tower. It just looks like kind of a house thing. I don't really know how to explain it, but this is in Wisconsin. Yeah, it's in Wisconsin. And the rumor is that somebody hung herself in there and that if you drive by it or walk by it at night, you can see her in there. In the water tank. In the water tower. Oh, wow. It's like, it's like a tall building with windows but yeah so that was like the urban legend of the town and before we moved in there our house was a bed and breakfast and it was already on like lists of haunted places in wisconsin to go to so we would literally have people like knocking on our door like can we come in like we want to see if we have an experience or whatever and we were like come on like this is our house so were your parents already did your parents like think anything of that or they're just like ah whatever Yeah, no, they really didn't believe in it at all. Okay. So yeah, people would like come, try to come inside. And I just had like numerous really creepy experiences there. Well, how did it start? Like what, when you move into a haunted house, like what's the first thing? So 
the first thing that I noticed was like my bedroom was on the top floor and above me was the attic. And all the time I would hear just like footsteps up there. Like somebody was walking up there. And sometimes I know, I know. And then sometimes I would hear like scratching, like right above my bedroom, like somebody was scratching. I mean, it could have been like a squirrel, but I don't think it was. (laughs) You never know. And so there was that and like random cold spots in the house. Um, People reported that too when it was a bed and breakfast. So I experienced a lot of that. Um, And then one of the first things that I really noticed was I would wake up in the morning and I would have like scratches all over my body, like claw marks almost. Now that could have been a squirrel too, to be I fair. I know. I was like, am I being attacked in my sleep? I don't know. So It could I be a squirrel did, ghost, which is scary it, too. It could. Or like a raccoon ghost. I don't know. I'm sure they're but, out there. Yeah. So I didn't really think that much of it at first. And then I started like having girl, like I started making friends and like girls would come and sleep over. And then they would wake up with scratch marks all over their body too. So that was when I was like, okay, this is not normal. Um, Another thing, I would wake up sometimes in the middle of the night and my lights would just be like flicking on and off. Like somebody was standing there just like literally flipping my light switch. Could you tell if the switch was actually being... No, it wasn't. It wasn't. Not that I know of, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a electrical, like flickering. It was like on and off, on and off. And I don't know if anybody else in my family that ever happened to. And then there was another time I was just like laying in my bed, chilling in my room, probably like reading or something. And literally this voice just talked like straight into my ear. It wasn't like a whisper. It just sounded like a male voice. And he said something like, hi, little girl, or something like that. I just remember he said, little girl. And it was just right in my ear and I freaked out. That was the only time I heard a voice like that, but it was so clear and like, I don't know. It was really creepy though. Oh my God. Yeah. And then the biggest thing was me and my friends decided to throw like a surprise birthday party for one of my other girlfriends at my house. And so it was like middle of the night and we were like, let's have a seance because I'd already started like experiencing all these things and I was telling them about it. And they were like, well, let's have a seance and see if we can get any action. And so we like turned off all the lights and set up all these candles. And in hindsight, this probably was not a good idea because we didn't know what we were doing. And so we were just saying the basic, you know, like, if there's anybody here, reveal yourself or like, give us a sign. And we had all these balloons blown up. And in the back of the living room, one just popped, like when we were saying all this. And that freaked us out, obviously. And then, so we kept on going with it. I don't know why. And the TV was off. And then the TV turned on, just went like ballistic. It was like changing channels, going all static. And then it stopped like on a face for like a split second and then just turned off. And then after that, we were like, yeah, we got to (laughs) stop. So we went to bed that night and then the same thing happened in the middle of the night, lights turning on and off. Oh my God. Yeah. So I keep thinking about the rest of your family though. So did they have any other experiences? So my brother and my sister like kind of felt the same things that I did. Like they would definitely hear like footsteps, especially when no one was home. Like it would just sound like people were going up and down the steps. 
Um, definitely, they both felt cold spots too. I don't know if they ever had like as much as I did, but I'm also much more of like a believer in these things than they are. So mm -hmm. that could be why. My parents were totally like, you're crazy, but I know I'm not. <laughs> Interesting. Have you talked to them like in hindsight? Like nowadays being like, so I know you told me when I was younger that it didn't happen, right. but has anything happened? No, you know what? They moved out of there. And honestly, my parents are very like religious. And so I don't think they would even like, I'm not even going to waste my breath trying to convince them of anything, you know? Got it. Yeah. So did you ever find out like what really happened there? I mean, it's such an old house. So I can only imagine like how many people probably died in there and like, who knows what I would like to do more research. And you know what else? Um, the water tower, when we were living there in the middle of the night, it went up in flames and it burned down. <gasps> when you were yeah. living there? Yep. We literally woke up in the middle of the night to this loud, loud sound, look out the window and the whole thing was on fire. What happened? We don't know. Weird. Either the demon energy burned it down or somebody set it on fire, which I don't know why anybody would do that, but, but yeah. Okay. If our listener, Samantha, is listening to this, she's the one that works in historical preservation. I want her to be our old house correspondent. If, yes. I want, if she's able to get in contact with you um, and find out like the address and stuff, I want to know what happened. Oh yeah, if for sure. Down. And my house was on the, like, it's on the historical like homes list or whatever. Like it has a plaque outside. Yeah, well, you sent me a picture. It, yeah. Did you see that? It's a cool picture. Well, it's also snowy in the picture and it looks like, yeah. it looks like if you're at like a department store and there's a little display during Christmas time of mm -hmm. like little houses, like it's like a perfect little, like almost looks like a church, like just adorable little old house, but kind yeah, of creepy, it has like the imagine. tower. Yeah. I mean, when we moved in, it was like wallpaper and they had all these creepy little like Victorian, like baby dresses hanging on the walls. Ooh. It was just creepy. Like we renovated it obviously, but yeah, it was definitely creepy vibe to that place. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So mm -hmm. you were also telling me about you saw somebody that was possessed. Yeah. So that was at my high school. Um, I wasn't there for the actual possession, but I can tell you the whole story because my high school that I went to this year, I mean the freshman, my freshman year, sorry, it was like a hundred kids and it was very much like a Christian high school. And so like everybody knew everybody's business and uh -huh. this was like the crazy thing that happened. And I totally like, I know, I know that this happened. So okay. what happened? There was this group of kids. I think it was all boys. They were like a year or two older than me. And one night they were just like hanging out, watching scary movies. I think they were watching like Rosemary's baby or something. And there's this spot in our town where it's like another haunted spot. It's this place like out in the country and there's like a cross because somebody died out there. And it's just like, there's an urban legend surrounding that place too. So they decided after they watched this movie that they were going to go out to this area. And one of the kids that was with them, okay, he wasn't a kid, he was in high school, but he once he was there, he just started to not feel like very good at all. He said that he just had some like very evil energy, I guess, surrounding him. He wasn't feeling good. So he decided to drive home 
And then his friend was supposed to be sleeping over at his house. And so his friend goes back like shortly after to the kid's house. And he said that he found the other boy like under his covers. Um, and he was really scared. And he was saying like, go get help from one of the teachers at the school because he was like his next door neighbor. And so his friend ran over to our teacher's house. Um, and then that teacher grabbed his parents who lived like next door to him. And so when they got back to the house, the kid was like classic possession, like speaking different language, extremely like very violent, almost like more strong than he should have been like trying to fight my teacher and his parents. And he was like spitting on them. Yeah. Just like very possessed, I guess you could say. And so the, my teacher and then his parents had to do an exorcism. I don't really know the details of the exorcism because he wouldn't tell us. But then afterwards, the kid told me that he, on his drive home, he had to pull over so many times because he said that he was like, the feeling of like this evil energy was so overwhelming and he could just feel it like trying to take over her, I guess. And he said that he could hear it in his head, like telling him nasty things like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Um, I'm going to kill your whole family. I'm going to kill your friends, whatever. And then he doesn't remember anything after it like completely took over until after the exorcism. So. Oh my God. Wait, yeah. what is the place that he was at? That was so. Yeah. So it's like out in the country where I grew up in Wisconsin, it's like pretty rural and it's, it's like this bend in the road, I guess, down this like country road. And there's this cross out there. And the whole thing is that if you go there and you stop and you blink your lights three times that you'll see like this black figure suspended up in the air. I don't know. Oh my God. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Oh, and I do have one other story that happened to me. Okay. So this was at my friend's house. She lived like down the street from me. I think we were freshmen in high school at this point. And we were just like hanging out in her room and no one was home. And her bed like faced her bedroom door. And so we were sitting in her bed and her door was open out into the hallway. And we were just hanging out, whatever. And then we both saw just this tall, like six foot, maybe two or three figure a black figure like just walked past the door and we freaked out we ran down to the basement locked the door and then while we're sitting in the basement there was a shelf and it had like a like a plug-in um air freshener sitting on the shelf and it literally flew off the shelf and hit the wall across the room like somebody had picked it up and thrown it who was that the ghost yeah I wish I knew it was, I don't know. I think my town is just cursed or <laughs> just completely haunted. I don't know. But had your friend had encounters with that presence yes. before? Oh. Yes. She said that she had seen it like multiple times. Really? Yep. What is going on in Wisconsin? I don't know. The funny thing is though, at her place, that felt like very scary. But all the stuff that happened at my house didn't really feel like, like I was never really that scared. It was definitely a little like unnerving, but I didn't feel like it was going to hurt me or anything. 
I don't mm-hmm. know. It could have just been. Well, but what about the scratches? Year. I know that's the thing. <laughs> I really don't know. Well, I wonder who lives there now. That's what I always I think about. Know. I actually know who lives there now. Ugh. <gasps> Do you know bad. them? It's, know them? Yes. Okay. So my house and the house across the street were both part of the bed and breakfast. And my house was called, I don't even care if people look this up because I don't look there any, live there anymore, but it was called the Henry Houston house. And then across the street is the Gilbert Houston house. And so the house across the street was still a bed and breakfast. And then when we finally decided to move, they bought my house and they turned it back into a bed and breakfast. So I think people can go stay there if they want to. Really? <laughs> yeah, I think so. Oh my God. This, yeah. I'm going to look it up. I'm going to, I'm going to yeah, book me totally a stay. Can. I think the one across the street is called the Yankee Hill Inn or something like that. Now, is that, does that place uh, have... That place is also haunted. Yeah. Yeah, that one is on the list too. Um, There are stories of people who stayed there and worked there. Like, none of the workers ever wanted to be there alone because it just creepy. Like, things would fall off the walls. Like, mirrors would fall off the wall. Things like that. Oh, my God. Yeah. Fascinating. Hello, Corinne. How are you? Hi. You're in LA? I am in LA. I actually um, got to go to the last live show that you did with um, Dave Holmes. Oh, my God. Thank you so much for going. Yeah, it was great. I ate it... uh, Casita del Campo before and it was awesome. It was great. Oh, I love that place. I miss it. I hope that we can get back there at some point Hopefully, soon. Yeah. Yeah. But Probably I mean, sooner. Yeah. Who knows? That we'll place see. that place is called the Cavern Club, and it's literally a cavern. It's, and oh. I cannot imagine being down there um when <laughs> while this world is going on right now. So hopefully soon. Hopefully one day we'll be back yeah. down there. outdoor events is the new future we might have to we might have to do live shows in cemeteries i might have to do a cemetery tour from now on yes (laughs) okay i was looking at this email you sent me and you sent me twenty (laughs) thousand spooky things to talk about so Uh, i'm a gemini so i'm just information overload all the time (laughs) yeah you are a spooky person so let's where should we start um let's let's start at the 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 biggest one the full body apparition is probably my like claim to fame so to speak (laughs) paranormal stuff with my friends yeah well that's the thing that everyone wants to see so Mm -hmm. what happened so um i had just i was about eight or nine and we had just moved to new orleans um i that's where i grew up but i like was born up in washington state and um we lived in this duplex that like butted up right against um, a levee. And it was a really creepy place all around. And specifically, like the upstairs where our bedrooms were, it's, you know, curved stairway and then a long hallway that like terminated in a guest room that was just like always dark and creepy and had a futon. And my room was like directly to the right of it. So I had to like walk almost to the guest room to get to my room. And I always avoided looking at it, you know, when it's like, dark and you don't 
you just know you don't want to look, you know, you're going to see something you don't want to look. So I never looked at it. And then one night I'm coming up the stairs, I'm staring at the ground. I'm in my little nightgown and I like sneak a peek up right before I get into my room. And there's a boy (laughs) just sitting on the futon. And he was, um, he was like, pretty solid but definitely didn't look like a human sitting in the room I like definitely perceived him as a ghost and um he had like he looked a lot like a kid like what I perceived at eight years old to what like a preteen in the 50s would look like he had like a striped t-shirt and shorts and like high socks and glasses I always thought of um Martin Starr's character and um Freaks and Geeks was <laughs> mm. the ghost, but he was there. And then but I... But why, why do you think that he didn't look human? Like, what was it about him? He was him? kind of transparent. So, like, he looked... I guess what I mean is he didn't look solid. I didn't... Because okay. I know some people, when they see ghosts, they're like, yeah, I didn't know it was a ghost. I just thought it was, like, a person standing in the wrong place. Yeah. Um, this was definitely, like, transparent and kind of glowing. Oh, my God. It was God. very... It was it was very obviously supernatural is what I mean. Yeah. Um, and I ran into my room crying, of course, called for my parents. Um, but yeah, it was like very much um, the whole the house always felt super weird. And it, it was definitely like a direct confirmation of my like total fear of that room always. I don't think I like maybe ever went into it ever again. Well, I think like the spookiest thing in a house, even haunted or not, is like when a door is open, you can see into the room, but it's pitch black in there. Mm-hmm. I can't walk by that. That's just That's me. absolutely right. I, no, I can't do it. I I like keep rooms or doors closed. Same. Yeah, I can't do it. Wait, so did did anybody else ever see this little boy? No one, my parents never saw anything to my knowledge. I have, I asked my mom about it and I think I asked my dad, but, um, they never saw anything. Um, but you were also so young. I don't know what the cutoff is for like when they say little kids see ghosts more. I don't know what that can, I mean, I'm sure that that could be different ages for different people, but it seems like maybe, maybe because you were so young, that's why you had that experience. And he was also a little boy. Right. Yeah. I think that's absolutely right. I, cause I haven't like seen anything since, and I'm, you know, I'm been into the paranormal since before this story even took place. Um, and so I've always wanted to, and often I'll forget that I've seen a ghost. I'll be like, oh, I wish I could see a ghost. And then I'm like, Oh, I did. <laughs> Yeah, like that already happened. But I also so my mom did hear voices. Um, she was sleeping one morning and she um, heard someone whisper her name in her ear. Her name is Melissa. So it was like, Melissa. And then like through earplugs, because she always wore earplugs all, my, all through my life. And now I do, too. But um, through her earplugs, heard the whisper and then like woke up and was like, What? And looked over and my dad was like dead asleep. Uh, I know. I know. And then I also heard a voice once. Um, so my room was such. So there, I was like the smaller bedroom. I was a small child. And then there was a master bedroom where they had their own master bathroom kind of on the other side of the room. But we shared a wall. And on that wall was my closet. And there was one night I heard a voice come from my closet. <laughs> 
but it sounded like Grover. It was like a very like, like the kind of voice that my dad would like put on as a funny voice, like, and he said, good night, Karun. <gasps> oh and I my was God. Like, I heard the voice and I, it didn't sound scary. It was like very cute and fun. So I thought it was my dad like coming through the wall, not coming through the wall, but like yelling through the wall or something so I run into my parents room because they share a wall and he's in the bathroom brushing his teeth both of my parents are and I was like did you just wish me good night and they were like no we were gonna come in in a few minutes after oh god that's no longer a cute voice yeah that was a rough one I also had like so many like really vivid nightmares there and like it was kind of around the time I've always been afraid of the dark like I've just never been good at sleeping all my life from much longer before this place but it was around that time that we were like making the transition from like my mom being a much like my parents being a less active role in bedtime, like, okay, you can fall asleep on your own. Like maybe we'll turn the light off, that kind of thing. I was kind of a late bloomer when it comes to that. And the first, I, I just nightmare after nightmare after nightmare of like ants eating my face. And, but it was just a lot of very weird energy in that house consistently. Ooh. So when did you move out? We moved out. Um, we were only in there for about a year and a half. It was like late eight to early 10 if my memory serves. And I really thought I was like, so by the time we left, that's when it kind of clicked like, Oh, it's haunted. And I was like, kind of excited about it at that point because it was very clearly like pretty benign. And I was really, I really wanted it to follow us into our next place, but it didn't. And I think that's probably for the best. So, so then what, what has happened to you? You so have, you contacted a, a friend that had passed? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I, I am a witch. I've been practicing um, since I was about 13-ish. And um, part of the reason I like started that early was because I had this friend. And it was, it's one of those things where it's like in retrospect, I had this friend who was like an older man, which is like, you know, very... It could be weird. It wasn't weird. But I feel like I always have to tell people, like, don't worry, it wasn't weird. (laughs) But he was a friend of my mom's, and he would babysit me. And he was, like, really into – he was into, like, dark shit. He was, like, a – like, adult goth, but not in, like, appearance. Just, like, he was really into Dia de los Muertos, and he was really into, like, witchcraft and into, like, Edward Gorey and H.P. Lovecraft and – um, a lot of, yeah, a lot of dark stuff. He would take me to like museums. There's a museum in New Orleans or I don't know if it's still around called like necromantic museum with like this goth art when I was like 10, it was, it was great. I I was already into that stuff and he really showed me the way. And so, but he was like, in his 60s definitely when I met him and we were you know he was in my life for like a good five or so years um and then when I was 14 I went away to camp and he died but my parents didn't tell me until I got back so I didn't like have I didn't go to his funeral I didn't have a chance to say goodbye at all and that was that summer and so when the first like Samhain Halloween 
time when the veils are thin came around, I decided to like do my first like really legit witchy ritual. And I like, you know, tried to contact him. And um, I don't really remember the specifics of like the actual ritual, but part of it was kind of opening the way, making it very clear that I was like welcoming this very specific spirit and I'd made an altar and I still do like a uh, Samhain altar every year with all the people who've passed in recent years. So I had like a picture of him and stuff. And um, I was like meditating at the wall and it was like a zipper unzipped almost where like, or, or like a, like a portal of light that was kind of ovular just opened up in front of me. And of course this is like, you know, I'm not seeing this with my physical eyes, but at the same time it was very clearly focused on one part of the wall. And it was again, yeah, it's like, it's not, there weren't like literal words or anything like that, but I was immediately like immediately in tears. So like deeply knowing that, oh, his name was Terry. So deeply knowing that it was Terry coming through. And like, he told me that it was okay. And that, cause I felt really guilty for, even though it wasn't up to me that I, that I didn't get to say bye. Mm-hmm. I still felt like a guilt for not being there. And it was, he was my first, he was the first person who died. You know, there's always like that first close person to die in your life. And he was that for me other than like my cat. And, um, and my first like mentor. And it was, yeah, very immediately, like totally floored by the feeling of him kind of encompassing me and telling me it was okay and that he's fine. And then kind of after a certain amount of time, I don't know, maybe 10 minutes, but felt like a really long time, um, the portal or whatever closed. And I felt just like really, really at peace with it and have not necessarily felt the need to mourn him since. Like I talk about him whenever that part of my life comes up and he's still very important to me, but like it really did kind of like seal the process. Wow. And I've tried, you know, I've lost a ton of people since then. And like, I've tried basically every year to kind of replicate that with other people and it just hasn't really happened. And so that was like a really special, clearly like, you know, however it works, he was on the other side also willing to talk to me back kind of thing. Yeah, right. But yeah, and it's still, it's, and again, it's like I forget that happened and I get down on myself for like, oh, I can't make this thing work how I want it to work. And then I'm like, well, that happened. So clearly something is, you know, possible and, you know. That is so cool. So. Yeah when you lived in new orleans Mm -hmm. i feel like there's a lot of like witchcraft down there right and i mean oh yeah there's obviously like lots of voodoo i mean is Mm -hmm. that still pretty big down there yeah and it's actually well unsurprisingly it's made a resurgence in recent years as like witchcraft becomes kind of trendy yeah which is not to say that like trendy shops opened up but just that like you know, there's more money in it now. So shops are able to stay open more. There were like, there was one place that was like, it was always a witchy shop, but it changed names and owners like three times. 
um, while I was down there. And it's been the same thing since. And there's, there's, there's a number of them that are like, um, yeah, there's definitely just a power. I like to, I find the dirt in New Orleans very special to me. Like the literal earth is just like, um, cause I was there during Katrina and it still like smells like Katrina, the dirt there, <laughs> at least last time I went, um, which was a couple years ago. And so it's just like the physical earth there holds so much history and like pain and also like, you know, ecstasy. And it's a really energetically loaded town and just like, you know, everything is haunted also. Yeah. Walking through the French quarter, it's just like every building is haunted <laughs> yeah i that's what i hear i definitely need to explore it more on my own i was mm-hmm. i was reading also that you were talking about how your mom's friend used to yeah like, do a tour there yeah she she used to own a company um she might it might still be around because she sold it but i don't think it is but it's, it was called new orleans spirit tours and there are a bunch of those companies i think haunted history tour has been around for, for like 20 years or something, too much information. So she took us on a tour, kind of as a treat because she was our friend and we had just moved there. This was still when we were in the haunted duplex and I was about nine or 10. So it was truly like way too young to take me to a supposedly real haunted stories tour. But I was also like watching Twilight Zone when I was three with my dad. So, you know, I got introduced to it early. And I was already into it and I probably begged to come. So maybe it wasn't even up to them, but we went on the tour and it still like almost every story is still just like deeply, deeply embedded in my head because it was such a visceral. If you ever get a chance to go on a real haunted tour, really anywhere, but my experiences in New Orleans, it's so different to be like standing in front of, or even inside of the place that they're telling you the story of the haunting or how it became haunted. Oh, it's powerful. Yeah. I enjoy them. I've been on, I've been on quite a few. I, Mm -hmm. I, I went on one that was really cool in San Diego a couple Mm. of months back and they actually took us into a house that some is some old historic. I can't even remember what the haunted house was at this point. Oh, and we went to a hotel. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. Most of the other ones I had been to were just sort of, you stand outside of it and they tell you a story. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought that was Getting to be inside is really cool. I went to um, the Myrtle Plantation once in St. Francisville. Oh, that's a famous haunted place. Yeah. That was like, that was, um, I talked about in my email how I used to like print out um, pages and pages of like websites about haunted stuff and take to (laughs) school to be I was like the creepy girl in class who would like bring in (laughs) the scary stories and Myrtle Plantation was one of my like favorite topics and so I finally got to visit it uh, I don't know when I was like 15 or 16 and you know I didn't really have any experiences except the lights kept flickering and I was like you know I was a teenager and I was like I bet that's just like something they like do for the tourists. I can't believe I'm not having any like personal experiences. <laughs> and then a couple years later, my friend was like, well, we could go stay there. Like they rent the rooms out. Um, how about we go stay there for your birthday? And immediately I was like, no, I don't think so. <laughs> that sounds maybe a, a step too far. 
Yeah. Well, that's what Bridget Marquard, mm-hmm. she's all into, and she has stayed there before. Oh, yeah. Oh, I. Uh, that sounds great. I love her podcast. I want to hear about um, this person that you lived with in Portland. Oh, yes. Yeah. So I lived in this really sweet um, queer house in Portland um, for about three years. And um, when we were first moving in, or I was moving in and another person was moving in, this person, Nico. And there was always something a little off about Nico. They were kind of, you know, they weren't a great housemate. That's fine. Um, They ended up moving out shortly after, but they were just like weird energy all around, just very disruptive, kind of like bending the room around them at all times. Those kinds of like, I would even dare say like, like energy vampire kind of Mm -hmm. um, vibes. But they, one of the things that was notable was that they were like convinced that there was this spirit haunting them and they kept having experiences in the house except none of us were having them either or experiencing them there was one time where the power was out which happened all the time um and this entity like like this like human shaped shadow came through their window and then stood over them and then said something to them i don't remember what it said but it like was not bad, but like vaguely unsettling. And then just like stood over them for like 10 minutes and then like about faced and floated out of the window. And they were like, did anything else happen to you? And we were like, no, that's wild. And then one in particular time they came home from work and they worked with kids. They were like a teaching aide or something and they were at school and this little girl, they were um, aiding, I don't know. And the little girl was drawing and she like puts down her um, stuff and looks at Nico and then kind of just passed Nico. (laughs) And Nico's like, what's wrong? Can I help? And the girl was like, well, what's that girl behind you doing? And Nico looks around and there's no one behind them. And they're like sitting on a some steps and they're like there's what are you talking about what girl and the little girl keeps pointing and she says why is she walking like that she's upside down (gasps) and oh my god Nico was telling this and like to us in the uh kitchen in like the afternoon and just like the whole room went like cold (laughs) it was so scary I literally just got goosebumps and that that's like that's the that's the nightmare shit that's the like, that's one of the reasons why I'm like, maybe I don't want kids. <laughs> oh, I could not deal with anything of that kind. I know. And then just imagining what my parents thought, like eight years old coming in, like, did you just tell me good night? Someone just told me good night from my closet. <laughs> right. Oh, God. I don't want to be an adult because I don't want to no. be the one that has to like look under no. the bed. No. That would be I, me. As a parent, I'd be like, uh, bitch, you look under the bed. I'm yeah, hiding. No. I just became able to deal with spiders. I cannot deal with ghosts yet. (laughs) Sierra! Hello! Hi! Where are you? I am in Los Angeles. No way! Yep. Love love it here. 
<laughs> well, where are you from? Originally, I'm actually from Oxnard, California. Oh, well, you know, I've been there. I know. I have uh, not caught your show, unfortunately, but someday. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, hopefully someday. One, <laughs> one of these days. Um, I was looking at the email you sent me and um, you you were telling me, okay, you have seen full body apparitions. You've heard footsteps. You've heard voices. You've seen things move. What is going on um, with that? Yes. My friends say that I am haunted. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. They're like, how do so many things happen to one person? It's ridiculous. And I go and I look for stuff like this. So that makes me even more crazy, I guess. <laughs> okay, I want to hear all of it. Okay. So oh, as for the full body apparition, I've only seen one in my life. And I remember when I was about, oh, I don't know, like nine or about nine, ten-ish. Uh, we were driving in the car at about two o'clock in the morning to get snacks for a sleepover and I remember seeing this woman in a purple cloak and she had like curly hair and gorgeous beyond belief and she seemed to be like floating down the street that was me oh <laughs> I remember probably <laughs> <laughs> and it said chills down my spine chills I was like this woman Walking in Oxnard in the middle of the night just did not go, and I was the only one who saw her. <gasps> and to, yeah, it was terrifying. <laughs> so what you were like? Did you guys just see that lady? And they're like, no. I was. Spe I didn't even tell anyone at that time. It wasn't until later on that I talked to people, but my cousins and everyone else in the car didn't even notice her. I mean, I could see her clearly in my in my mind today. It's. That was like my first really big experience. I feel like there's something going on in Oxnard. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I have talked to so many people that have told me demon stories, ghost stories. It's like just this farmland. I mean, it's not far from water. I think sometimes that affects this kind of activity. Um, I don't know. What is definitely. up there? And then it's also a big, you know, Latino community, so you know, religious everything. And mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but it's, it's great. I loved, uh, love living in Oxnard. So what, where have you heard footsteps? So, uh, when I, ooh, like teenage years, I, we went to this, um, it's like a Bass Lake near Yosemite area and we vacationed there. And one of the houses we stayed in was so haunted. I would hear footsteps upstairs and my uncle said he came into the room and all of the drawers and the screen door, everything was just open. Ooh. And he was like, I did not open any of that. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was terrifying. It was, it was a fun time. <laughs> oh my God. Wait. So, okay. You, stayed at or you went to glenn's tavern in santa paula is that the same place yeah this is actually a different place um oh, okay but i highly recommend you go there if you're looking for a truly scary experience what's up with that place so many people who have had experiences um so the the story goes is it used to be a brothel back in the day and like cowboys and gambling and all that happened there. And on the third floor, 
you know, supposedly there was a sex worker who was beheaded in the closet. So it's, (laughs) it has some pretty, pretty gruesome history there. So that's usually where you see the most activity. So has anything happened to you there? Oh, yes. Okay, tell me. Definitely. So when I was about 19 years old, um, a group of my friends, probably about six or seven of us, uh, decided to spend the night in that room. And they had previously been there and, you know, had a bunch of experiences. So I was like, you know what? I see ghosts. I feel ghosts. So let's, let's just go. Let's check out. And so we went and I was determined. I was in that closet for hours trying to have something happen and nothing was happening. Pretty quiet night. So I decided, not very smart, but I decided (laughs) to actually start um, cursing at her. Basically every bad word you can possibly think to call someone. I just started going off on this poor ghost. And in about like, I want to say like within the hour, I was sitting in the closet with two other people and they had to use a bathroom and, you know, I'm pretty brave, but to be alone in a haunted closet by myself kind of scared me. So I got out of the closet and I went to the bathroom. And at that point, I started to feel burning on my chest and on my back. And it was painful burning. So I went over to a friend and I was like, is there something on my back or something? You know, I don't know. I'm I'm in a lot of pain. And they looked at my back and there were three scratch marks Mm. on the front and on the back. And I have pictures of that incident of the scratches. Oh my God. Do you think that it was, I mean, a lot of times people think that that's a demon. Is that what you were thinking? I didn't think that. Um, I thought that she was just getting me back for being. Yeah, oh, you think it was like acrylic nails? (laughs) Exactly, exactly. She's (laughs) like, nope, I'm going to get you, girl. You're being mean to me. That's it, my revenge. She had those stiletto tips. (laughs) Definitely. So, yeah, so I got back in that closet. I apologized to her. After that, nothing happened. So, I think she forgave me. <laughs> She's like, we're good. Okay. Yeah, we're good. Just you so apologize. you know, I will scratch you. Exactly. <laughs> so tell me about having a seance. Definitely. When I, um, so growing up, I lived with my aunts who were relative, they were pretty young aunts. They were about two years older than me, four years older than me. So they loved to scare us. We would have fake seances and try to bring back Elvis and you know, countless celebrities, and they just (laughs) lived to scare us. Well, what do you mean a fake seance? Well, they they used it more towards, like, uh, pranks for us. So they would, like, rig things to move when we were having our seances. And, yeah, they're Um. (laughs) – they definitely uh, freaked us out. So, anyways, um, all of us cousins, we were about – probably about 10 years old. There's about, like, four of us. And we were at a family party, and my cousin's cousin uh, lived next door. So we were just all like, oh, let's do something spooky. Let's, you know, try to contact the dead. And I was like, okay, we're all agreeing it. So we went next door. There was nobody at the house. And 
I was like, oh, let's bring back Elvis or, you know, Superman, even though Superman, you know, was a fictional character. And they were like, no, let's bring back my great grandpa that passed away. And I was like, oh my gosh, (laughs) this is going to go horribly wrong. So I decided that I was too chicken to join in the the seance portion. So they sat in a circle on the floor. And for some reason, they decided that I was the only one who knew the seance words, I guess. So they sat in a circle, held hands, and I started just talking to basically nothing or the dead or whatever. And all of a sudden, from my ear, I could hear like a, what sounded like wheezing, sound like really loud wheezing in my ear. And it was just off. And I did like, it came out of nowhere. And I, on the other side of my ear, started hearing someone banging on the wall, like crazy banging on the wall. So I freaked out. And I jumped up to the floor and I was like, hey, like something weird's happening. Something weird's happening. We got to go. We got to, we got to go. This is, you know, it's, I'm scared. So we go to um, my cousin, I'll call her Erica. So I go to her and we're like trying to wake her up, trying to wake her up, shaking her, shaking her, shaking her. And for I, what felt like a lifetime, she would not open her eyes at all. So then finally after shaking her, shaking her, she falls back onto a dresser that's behind her and opens her eyes. And the first words that come out of her mouth was, I saw my grandfather. Mm. Yes. And we booked it out of that house so fast. It was terrifying. So what'd she have to say? Like, did, did you ever ask her about it again? I didn't ask her about it again, but we had a, I mentioned the story to a mutual cousin of ours who, that was also his great grandpa. There's a lot of confusion in my family, a lot of, yeah. <laughs> but he told me that when he was younger, he remembered when his great grandpa had passed that he, you know, he remembered coughing and wheezing and everybody crying. And, you know, he was just in a lot of pain. And then he says, he remembers his dad going into the room and just being so angry by his passing that he was, he was banging the wall in like frustration. So after he told me that I was got so many chills and I think that I, I kind of heard how he died. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. So it was just replaying that like history. Yeah. It was scary. Oh my God. That's crazy. Have you had a seance since then? Do you still do that kind of thing? Um, I did one more, and that was the last time I ever did it. Um, it was at that haunted lake house. Uh, we oh, yeah. Wanted to, yeah, we wanted to do a seance, and, you know, it was a bunch of teenagers. were like, they convinced me to do it. So we go out to the boat, and we're all holding hands, and I start talking. And one of our friends was holding my hand and he opens his eyes and he's like, that was crazy. I was holding your hand and it felt like it wasn't your hand. It felt like it was like a man's hand, like your hand changed. And I was like, okay, you're trying to scare us. Like that's okay. Whatever. That did not happen. 
So then we go back to talking and then he freaks out again. And he's like, I looked at your face and your, your face was all like blackish and your eyes were black. And he's like, this is like the scariest thing I've ever seen. He started freaking out. And all of us, again, were like, no, you know, you're making stuff up. You're trying to scare us. And then I started talking again to the spirits. And all of a sudden, it felt like a person was pushing my chest. And then I started to not be able to breathe. And after that point, I freaked out. I ran out of the boat and I never did a seance ever again. <laughs> oh my God. So you were just trying to, to contact whoever was there. You, did you know who was allegedly the spirits there? No, didn't. But we're just like, well, you know, our, the house is haunted. So there might be something here. There might not be. Um, but for me, it kind of, I mean, I never drowned, but it kind of was that sensation I'm drowning, oh. I guess. Yeah. Yes. Oh, it my was terrifying. God. That is so <laughs> scary. I've been ghosted, too. That was so fun. And I love doing those. And I can't wait to do the next one. So thank you guys so much for listening. As always, please join the Facebook group called Ghosted by Roz Dresvelez. I'm on Instagram at Roz Dresvelez. I am on Cameo, Roz Dresvelez. Um, Yeah, I love you guys, both living and dead. But if I didn't ask you to haunt me, don't haunt me. Okay, bye! Star Bands Avenue, a podcast, <clears throat> a podcast network.